God's will. We can't change it. We must just accept. Um, um, who's leading us? Where is King? <coughs> and his and his co-secretary. Um, I'm here, Chair. Good afternoon, Chair. I'm here also. I can see you. Are we forming a quorum? Do we uh, form a quorum? I, I was still checking on the side whether are all members in. Okay, if you can do so. On the NCRP side, Chair, the, um, the NCRP committee is creating. Okay. I believe we are forming a quorum. We may proceed with our meeting. Do we have um, apologies? Oh, honorable members, you are warmly welcome into this joint uh, select committee meeting. Let me appreciate uh, my leaders from the NCOP, we know that you are a big party. You are trying your best that this committee should continue at all costs. So we really appreciate that. Um, we are going to be business-like. The second item in our, on our agenda is uh, the roll call and apologies. Can we have a sense of who who's in and who's not, and also those who have apologized? Over to you, King, and your colleague. Anyone can start. Ladies first. Okay, thank you, Chi. Um, President, we've got um, Honorable Hai, as you know, um, Honorable Moimang, Honorable Lansman, Honorable Lant. Honorable Broteseth, Honorable Dango, Honorable Matabula, and then we've got an apology from Honorable Mamarihani. Thank you. King? Chairperson, thank you, Chairperson. On my side so far, I've got uh, Honorable uh, you first, Chairperson. Secondly, I've got uh, Honorable Jacobs. I've got Honorable Tomilang. I've got Honorable Kruger. So I haven't received so far any apology, but I'm still checking whether the members are still joining in. Yes, okay. I okay. You will inform us in due course, but we really appreciate that we are, we are really forming a quorum. Any apology, King? Honorable Chair, I'm around. Okay. Thank you, DM. Okay. King, any apology? Uh, so far, Chairperson, I haven't received any apology. Uh, it's only the one from the from, from from the office of the minister. Um, Chairperson, Chairperson, sorry, I just saw a message now from Honourable Lant indicating that um, the apology from Honourable Boshoff. She got robbed earlier today and is dealing with that. So she submitted an apology for, for our meeting today. Okay, mine, I have got an apology from Honorable. 
Lorraine Luvengo, she's not feeling well. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, little bit disturbing but yeah. thanks for joining us honorable members as i have indicated that i will hand over to my, my co-chair to to run this session i'm now inviting him to take over honorable thank you very much, you very much uh, honorable chairperson uh, again i think on behalf of uh, both committees would like to express a uh, our condolences uh, to you and uh, your family uh, during this uh, difficult period. Uh, we trust that God uh, will give you strength and uh, comfort. Uh, we, you are and your family in our prayers. Thank you very much. <clears throat> uh, honorable members, uh, uh, let me also take this uh, opportunity to welcome uh, all the uh, honorable members uh, from both uh, committees, uh, the Portfolio Committee uh, on Small Business Development, uh, the members of the Select Committee on Trade uh, Industry, uh, Small Business Development, uh, Tourism, Employment and Labour. Uh, let me also take this opportunity to welcome and appreciate the attendance of uh, Deputy Minister, uh, Deputy Minister Makapa. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Makapa, and you are welcome. We also would like to appreciate the attendance uh, of our staff uh, from both committees, the parliamentary staff, and the uh, guests as well, and the media. Uh, Honourable members, the, the meeting basically is about uh, updating us. Uh, on the interventions uh, that uh, are employed uh, by the Department of Small Businesses, uh, the measures that are, they are taking uh, on the effects uh, of COVID-19 on small businesses. Remember, I think on the 28th of April, uh, we had a briefing uh, from the department on what is it they, that they are doing the measures and interventions uh, they are embarking upon uh, to minimize uh, the negative effects uh, on small businesses. Uh, today we are getting an update as to what is it that uh, the department is continuing uh, to do in, in terms of the interventions. Um, at this stage, then I will uh, allow the Deputy Minister uh, Minister Makapa, uh, to give us an overview, uh, but also uh, delegate uh, the officials from the department uh, to take us through the presentations. Uh, Makapa, over to you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, all uh, the members of parliament and uh, both committees that of uh, a small business as well as the select committee from the NCOP. 
I appreciate the opportunity, and I will waste no time. I had to say, Chair, we are going to be businesslike. I would like to say, you might have had disturbing calls that uh, are complaining about what we promised as a department in terms of responding to the uh, expectations that when government uh, required the society to remain home and stop businesses, probably that uh, there was assurance that at least they will be assisted to stand up on their feet again. Yes, there were all processes put in place, uh, but I also would want to say to the members, uh, funding for such uh, claims, the ET resilience funds that our minister spoke about, or be it assisting through UIF, those employers who were no longer able to pay their employees due to the fact that they had gone down financially due to non-operation uh, during the lockdown. There was also a promise that uh, uh, issues like your, your rentals uh, will be paid for. But the, also the resilience, resilient fund was to ensure that you are able then to stack up going forward. There were also issues that a Department of Small Business would support these activities through CIFA and CITA would be assisting people to access whatever they require in terms of communicating with the department. As a person, I am very, very, very worried to say applications were overwhelming. And as they continue to come in, uh, the funds were drying up. Uh, to date, this matter has been referred to National Treasury. And I am speaking from confidence uh, that uh, both the acting DG and the minister are engaging with National Treasury. And uh, the processes, I can't go into details, but we have been promised that uh, we will be given more funds in order to respond to the outstanding claims. These outstanding claims are legitimate and complying in the sense that those people claimed before the closing date that those uh, individual SMMEs were qualifying at all costs. What document, all documents that were, were, were required were submitted by them. But at the same time, there's this other opportunity which was not there before, that it was only those who had actually registered their employees uh, with, with uh, labor. But of late, 
even those who were not who have employees that were not registered with you with the UIF can go there and apply. But I'll stop there because uh, most of the details, because the report that is there now that is going to be presented chair is inclusive of CDASIFA as well as the department. That's how I understand it. And therefore, I think at the end of the day, I will avail myself to be able to put clarities or answer specific questions. Thank you very much. Once CEDA uh, uh, has, has been able to, 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 to make it the presentation. Thank you for the time. Sorry for being a little bit long, uh, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Matapa, uh, for the opening remarks. Uh, before I give to Sida, uh, uh, to or is it Sida or Sifa, or both? Okay. Let Let me just. I I I was not sure whether during the the apologies I had correctly. Uh, I had to check with the committee secretary, Madia, about uh, Honorable Bosov. Uh, that uh, Honorable Lund indicated that uh, uh, she was uh, uh, this morning robbed and that uh, she's uh, attending uh, to that situation. So I had to double check with her. She confirms that that's what uh, she was conveying uh, to the meeting. I just want to be off of uh, the two committee to express uh, <clears throat> that with her and also during this, uh, uh, this period. Uh, we hope that uh, everything will uh, uh, go uh, well uh, in her endeavors, but we'll uh, uh, conduct uh, uh, after the meeting. <clears throat> uh, at this stage, then I'll uh, allow the, uh, I don't know whether it's CIDA or CIPA or the department. Can I get uh, clarity? Both of them. Uh, can we start with CIFA? Um, and uh, both of you, I'll, I'll uh, you'll start uh, now until uh, four. For, for the final presentation. Over to you. Thank you very much. Uh, if you can, is it? Oh, it's a thirteen DG. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, no, okay, you can go on with the active DG. Yes. Uh, good afternoon, Chair, uh, honourable members. Um, we, are, we decided to combine the presentation and have one presentation because we are all working together uh, in delivering uh, this intervention. So there will be one presentation and we will save you uh, time as well. Uh, King, I will project the presentation from my side. Uh, Chair, yes, this is the presentation that we are uh, making today. This slide talks to the outline of the presentation, what we are going to cover, uh, because we are working as a portfolio. We have interventions that are administered uh, through CIFA and uh, interventions that are administered through CEDA. And then we'll talk to the number of applications received, uh, the status of the various interventions, and lastly, we'll also talk about, um, yes, uh, the lessons learned uh, throughout uh, this process, because that's the outline we got from the committee secretary. Chair, I'm not going to 
waste a lot of time on this one. It's where uh, we are just indicating the type of interventions that we have, uh, which is the SME debt relief, uh, which uh, the DM has spoken about. And then we have the business or growth, uh, business growth or resilience facility. Uh, I don't know what's going on. King, okay. is there someone else sharing? Okay, Chair, I'll, I'll proceed. I hope King can assist us so that we don't get uh, disturbed. Um, I think one of the key issues uh, here that we, we put as a lesson learned is the overwhelming number of applications. I think the DM has spoken about this issue, um, that CIFA did not have capacity to entertain the number of applications that we received. Um, so we, we, it was a, a challenging time, uh, but uh, it took us some time to adjust in terms of our processes as well as our systems uh, to be able to uh, cover as much as we've been able to do. And we thought, Chair, we should also bring this into the portfolio committee and the uh, standing committees um, or select committees' um, attention that we think it's critical for us to be able to insist on SMEs registering their employees for UIF because the, the amount of money that is required for salary support is too big. We were not expected to support employee, uh, employers to pay for their employees and all these employees were accessing UIF support will not be having this huge challenge that we are having because as we speak, uh, we had run about over 5 billion in terms of the request that we got uh, for support. Then Chair, on the Spaza Shop Support Program, we were able to deliver this program and we are still able to deliver it through effective public-private sector partnerships. Uh, we were able to bring uh, commercial banks, given their reach, as well as the wholesalers who are also assisting us in terms of uh, uh, um, uh, providing uh, these goods and services to our uh, 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 shops owners. And uh, given the target that we have when we started the program, we requested the support of Salka to assist uh, our uh, Spaza shops owners to go and register those who did not have uh, permits at the time. So even the support from Salka is really appreciated. This is the, the intervention. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on much on this, where through CIFA, all CIFA-funded clients are given a payment holiday so that they could be able to survive um, uh, uh, this uh, uh, pandemic. Um, we will closely monitor the implementation of this payment holiday. Um, and also assess the business performance in terms of turnover, uh, employment. Uh, also critically is the sustainability of CIFA because it means when we give this payment holiday, CIFA will not be receiving the money it's supposed to receive back as loan repayments uh, from these SMEs that are funded by the entity. And then we also have uh, properties uh, that are owned by CIFA, uh, which are mostly industrial parks. Um, we know that most of the tenants, even before the COVID, they were experiencing some cash flow challenges and, and rent payment challenges. And then the relief uh, that was introduced is assisting them to survive um, at, at this pandemic because they're now able to cover other critical costs. 
Um, most of these properties chair are in townships, um, and then the, we believe that the support given contributes to the creation of jobs and reduction of, pro of poverty. Um, we also uh, ensuring that they follow uh, the, 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 the COVID-19 protocols so that they also prevent the spreading of, the variety of, of, of this virus. Chair CEDA is also actively involved in the administration of the support because we also saw this as an opportunity for us uh, to start um, formalizing those businesses that are not formalized. Uh, CEDA is also uh, ensuring that those uh, entities that were not, uh, are not able to do it by themselves, the registration, etc., are able to be assisted through this uh, 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 e it's called e-services platform uh, of CIPC. Um, it, it's also enabled us as CEDA to work uh, virtually, and we've improved on that uh, because mostly the interactions uh, were personal between the, the business advisors uh, with the SMMEs. Um, CEDA is actively involved uh, in, the, in assisting the spaza shops, um, uh, those who want that we need uh, to be registered. They assist them to register through the CIPC. Um, we also appreciate, again, Chair, the support of some of the municipalities. Some are really providing outstanding service when it comes to supporting us in delivering the intervention. And some of the provinces, Chair, they were able to assist us in popularizing the, 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 the incentives as well as assisting us in finding out the wholesalers. We, we accommodate all the wholesalers so that they can be closer to our, our spaza shops and they don't have to travel long distances uh, to get the goods that they are looking for. So CEDA is actively involved in that aspect of ensuring uh, the formalization of the spaza shops. Um, also, the issue around the databases chair is quite critical because when we started asking some of the provinces whether they do have databases of the of the spaza shops and informal businesses, um, it was a challenge for some. Some were able to provide us with that information, even though some of it uh, was outdated. But it, this process has assisted us uh, to have new database uh, and also aligning people with the relevant protocols and ensuring that all the businesses that are operational are registered with the municipalities. Those who did not renew their permits, they were able to go and renew their permits so that they operate uh, uh, legally. But there are also other interventions that we are introducing, which we'll talk uh, in more detail later in terms of the integration now of local suppliers with the wholesalers in those particular uh, localities. Um, some of the work uh, that we are also doing is to assist these SMMEs who are suppliers now because what we insisted on when we uh, inter uh, yeah, interacted uh, with the wholesalers is that they must ensure that they integrate our SMMEs into their value chain. So they need to buy goods from the local SMMEs that are producing those goods that are required by spaza shops. So there are interventions that are introduced by CEDA to make sure that they comply with the standards because wholesalers are very strict. They are very clear that people need to be able to brand their goods properly. They need to be certified, these goods, because they can't sell goods that are not properly certified. Uh, the standards, the testing, and et cetera, et cetera. CEDA is coming in uh, in that aspect and ensuring that our SMMEs uh, provide goods that, are, that meets the standards. There are also some challenges around the costing. 
because most of the uh, SMMEs, they were only selling goods uh, to uh, informally. Um, so they had some challenges because some of their goods were overpriced for wholesalers. Uh, so we were able to see that is intervening in that aspect and assisting them with, uh, with that intervention. The other initiative that we are still working on is that of getting unemployed graduates uh, to continue assisting uh, all the informal businesses so that they remain sustainable post uh, the, the, the COVID period and also assist them to grow and become uh, biggest contributors when it comes to economic growth. Chair, in terms of the applications uh, per province, these are the numbers uh, in terms of where we got most of the applications. Uh, obviously, it's always Gauteng uh, that um, we had like 12,640 applications um, and the incomplete ones, 7,500. Uh, there we approved 529. But for Spaza shops, we have 183 applications. So I'm not going to go to each and every slide so that to save time. But that's the information that was requested uh, by uh, the, 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 the committee to, for us to come and present so that they can see uh, which provinces mostly applied and which ones uh, uh, did not apply that much. You will see that uh, the, the, the smallest uh, application we received are from Northern Cape, uh, which is mostly informed by the fact that uh, the, the population size is small, um, so they were unable to, they, they don't have biggest numbers when it comes to the number of enterprises that are operational. But there are some interventions on the Spaza shop intervention. I will talk to that later because Northern Cape is not doing that well. Uh, so we are talking to other stakeholders, uh, Free State, for example, we are also talking to them because the numbers are still low. Uh, we had an interaction with them yesterday just to look at how we can improve in terms of uh, the uptake of the programs from the province. Chair, out of the 1,500 applications that were approved, uh, which will assist us to sustain 21,580 jobs, uh, we are investing a total amount of 530 million. Um, you will see again, uh, given the number of uh, applications that we received from, from Gauteng, uh, we have 194 million going to Gauteng, uh, followed by KZN with 97 million, and then uh, it's uh, Western Cape uh, with uh, 68 million. You'll see the lowest again, and it's uh, Northern Cape and, 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 and Free State. Uh, yes, those are the two lowest, but the lowest one is, is Free State in this respect. But we had an inter interaction with and uh, the province yesterday, especially on the Spaza shops, uh, we agreed on the interventions that we need to introduce uh, to make sure that uh, they also come on board and really um, take those incentives that are offered uh, through that particular program. And then this is a provincial spread in terms of the numbers. Um, it's, it's, it's aligned to the previous slide. You'll see that Gauteng is 529 enterprises and uh, Northern Cape uh, has 39, which is the lowest province. And then in terms of jobs, again, it's Gauteng, which has 7,466 uh, in terms of the number of jobs that will be maintained through this intervention. Chair, then this is the intervention that only affects CIFA-funded clients because we, we, we are aware uh, that the commercial banks also introduced this intervention and assisting uh, their clients to defer payments. So as at CIFA, uh, this is what we did. We postponed 
the payments of installments for six months, and the, the, the holiday is for both uh, capital and interest. Uh, we're also working on uh, introducing debt restructuring and also provi- providing additional funding uh, for those who are seeking uh, relief during this period. Uh, we also we are not introducing a uniform um, uh, instrument, but the funding it varies per entity given their uh, cash flow needs. Uh, we are also ensuring that uh, the debt repayments are captured to match the pattern of the cash flow. The additional funding will be pro- provided at a prime less five percent. Currently, there are 219 clients in CIFA uh, direct lending book who will be eligible for this blanket payment period. And these clients have total outstanding loan balance of 335 million. And this will affect uh, CIFA's uh, books. Um, and then under CIFA's wholesale lending, there are four intermediaries that requested payment holiday. And these three of these entities are based in Gauteng and one in Bumalang. Chair, in terms of the Spaza Shop Support Program, as of the 27th of May, um, we have uh, received 2,246 applications. Um, we've broken it down there in terms of gender. You will see that uh, the majority, uh, 1,049, uh, or 1,197, and then some declines because it's people who were not special shops, most of them who applied and others, it's people who were trying to apply uh, for the second time under the same program. And then the referrals is those that we are referring to see that to support so that they can come back and apply. And then in terms of the number of jobs that will be maintained uh, through these 702 approvals is 2,927 uh, jobs. We thought we should also uh, bring this to the attention of the committee and um, that what we've already done um, we looked at the spaza shops that we have and the wholesalers because we want to make sure that our spaza shops don't travel long distances just to get the goods that they need to sell from their businesses. So we work with the Department of Science and Innovation as well as uh, they utilize their agency, which is South African National Space Agency, just to map out the spaza shops as well as the, uh, the, 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 the wholesalers so that we can see in terms of proximity. We're also utilizing this information chair to look at the clients or the SMMs that we've supported in those particular areas because we want to make sure that there is this linkage in terms of our SMMEs getting easy access to support. So this this COVID, even though it's a bad thing, but it gave us an opportunity to come up with this idea so that we can be able to talk with authority when it comes to the support that we provide. So you'll see that once we provide support to a spaza shop, we are able to link the spaza shop to the nearest uh, wholesaler, and that wholesaler will need to link the wholesaler to the SMME that will also supply to that wholesaler. So it's a long uh, a value chain which is going to be beneficial for us uh, going forward, working with the provinces, because as we are consolidating the database, uh, we are making sure that we understand the needs of those SMEs that are on those databases that we are having as a department so that we can be able to assist them to access 
opportunities because we believe that it's not always government that is uh, supposed to be uh, providing uh, uh, access, market access opportunities through procurement. There is more money that is sitting with uh, uh, the private sector and the public, those are the people who really buy these goods on a daily basis. So it's critical for us to create that linkage between our spaza shops as well as the SMMEs and, and the wholesalers uh, uh, chair. Some of the lessons that we, we learned, Chair, when we're trying to match our SMMEs with the wholesalers. So far, we have matched 13 SMMEs uh, who have uh, who are now suppliers of the wholesaler. It's something that we have never done before. And so we have 13 SMMEs that are now um, registered and they are supplying uh, particular wholesalers. It was a long uh, process, Chair. Um, like we are saying uh, in, below that some of the SMEs are used to selling their product to the informal and uh, uh, markets such as community spaza shops and general dealers and retail stores. The wholesale market is new for most of these uh, SMMEs. And some of the lessons that we, we noted, this, they need to adjust uh, from using a retail pr price to a wholesale price because there were <laughs> negotiations uh, between these wholesalers and SMMEs. But we made it a point that uh, the SMMEs are not disadvantaged and, and end up making a loss. Um, because you know that the wholesalers, most of the time, they buy in bulk and they su supply in bulk and they offer discounts. So it was critical for the SMEs to know uh, the, pr the pricing better. Also, the issues around better packaging, branding and labeling and barcoding, those are the things that we've learned uh, in the past uh, a few, few, few days. Uh, and we are assisting uh, SMEs to, to get to that. Some of the SMEs are now supplying because they've been assisted with that. And we are also saying beyond um, uh, just working with us on this wholesalers, we've encouraged SMMEs to be more aggressive when it comes to uh, marketing their products. Um, you must use the word of mouth, door-to-door -door selling, and also use uh, the social media. Uh, they also need to line up reliable and affordable suppliers of the raw materials they use in the production. Um, one of, of the examples is the SMEs that produce hand, hand sanitizers. They ran out of alcohol component and some experience and availability of packaging components. And then these things, they make SMEs lose up opportunities of getting uh, their products exposed to the market. And then some of the interventions chair that I briefly spoke about earlier, uh, through CEDA, we are saying we are not uh, gonna leave them uh, on their own devices. Uh, we assist them in terms of pricing and costing, workshops on promotion and marketing of their products, business coaching and mentoring, on business growth and upscaling of production because the wholesalers, most of them, they tell you that they need so many goods um, supplied to them on a daily basis. And you find that these SMEs were just used to selling stock maybe on a weekly basis, but now they are expected to upscale their production. So what we have done, we've packaged their applications and we'll be looking at assisting these to upscale uh, their production, branding and product labeling Barcoding, these are very critical things uh, that we are assisting and some have already um, started. We, we, they are, we even have pictures of some displaying their product in some of these wholesalers. Uh, assistance with business planning to those seeking working capital uh, because the cost now have increased. Some will be employing more people because of the, uh, the orders or the, because of them having access uh, to these wholesalers. We're saying through CIFA, we're providing support to this uh, so that they can upscale their production. Uh, we're also 
chair as a site uh, working with these to assist our SMEs to and encouraging them to use e-commerce platforms to popularize market and facilitate linkages because the COVID-19 taught us a lot of lessons uh, around uh, being able to use and it encouraged us uh, to use e-commerce platform to sell goods because most of the time we're not able to move around so we know that the COVID has changed the way we do business so we are pushing for us. In fact, we have two platforms that we are working on uh, that we will be utilizing uh, to make sure that our SMEs have access uh, to the, 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 the platforms to sell their goods and services without being physically uh, doing those things. Chair, that's uh, far, as far as I could go, but I have uh, the, 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 the chairpersons of, the board, uh, of both entities here and the CEOs, they are also part of the meeting. Uh, we will deal with the questions uh, together. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister, and the uh, chairpersons of the, the two entities and the CEO. Um, at this time, then we're going to allow uh, honorable members uh, to ask questions. Uh, I have uh, all the names uh, of the members, uh, so I will be calling the names uh, randomly. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit generous uh, today. Uh, instead of uh, three minutes, I'll give you four minutes. And uh, also, the, the department uh, finished much earlier. Uh, than the time that was allocated, but also within this four minutes, I'll be uh, also flexible. Uh, I want to start with the uh, Honorable uh, TK because he normally has uh, uh, connection uh, problems uh, so that he gets the opportunity to ask his questions. Uh, if then he has a problem later, then at least the, the department is able to respond and the entities are able to respond to his question. But also, Honorable uh, Matevula, uh, I'm not sure if you still have uh, that challenge uh, of your mic microphone. If you still have that problem, you can uh, then uh, register your questions uh, on the uh, chat function. Can I start with uh, Honorable Tiki? Honorable Tiki? Can we then go to Honorable uh, Hendricks? Uh, thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, uh, we heard the Deputy Minister uh, apologizing for taking a lot of time. She doesn't have to apologize. The presentation was very helpful. Honorable Chair, we have heard from the Honorable Deputy Minister how the UIF went out of the way, SIFA has gone out of the way, SIDA has gone out of the way, the politicians have gone out of the way to assist with the COVID challenges, wholesalers are helping. But the minister hasn't, deputy minister hasn't told us what the department of small business is doing. And we budget nearly two billion for that department. The deputy minister must tell us if this is wasteful expenditure, or, or did she forget to tell us, because of time, what the Department of Small Business is doing with regard to all our challenges? The second question, Mr. Chairman, is that we 
targeting 100,000 stars of socks. The 183 on the table, on the radar, is just not enough. We, somehow or another, we don't have structures and systems in place to attract them, to inform them of the assistance, because that will put a lot of pressure of the, of the UIF and all the other, other government departments if these people can put bread on their own tables. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Hendricks. Uh, Honorable Langa, I see you are back. Can you take the floor? Can I ask uh, Acting DG to take off uh, the presentation? Thank you. Honorable Langa? Oh, he left again. Uh, Honorable Kruger, can you take the opportunity to ask questions? Yes, thank you, Jay, and um, thank you for the department for the informative um, presentation. I know um, the past two months were very busy in the, in the three departments. But, Jay, um, I want to make it very clear that uh, my opinion of COVID-19 and small businesses is that the department failed small businesses. Um, and it's, it's more than 90% of small business weren't helped by the department. So we need to go back to the drawing board. And again, my opinion that the Department of Small Business failed um, our small businesses outside there. Then, um, Chairperson, I would like to make a proposal that we start, that the department is starting a suicide helpline um, with help from um, M students from universities to, to, to help um, small businesses that um, went under because of the um, COVID-19. I know of four, four small businesses owners that already committed suicide and Elise Ace also a small business owner are, are on the on the on the edge of committing suicide so um, there's a lot of small business owners that's in stress and i want to ask the department and the minister the deputy minister of small business to um, introduce a suicide helpline for small businesses owners that's in stress um, as i say the university m students can help there with um, consultation then uh, there's a huge sector of small businesses called the informal stall traders. Um, according to my knowledge, there's more than 6,000 of them in South Africa. It could be much more. I know of, of about 6,000. And, and they were kept out of the loop the whole time. So I also want to ask the Deputy Minister so that we look at this informal stall traders. And, and make it um, available, make available for them to start trading. Um, I know the Metro of Cape Town um, won a, a sort of a court case on Friday so that this informal store traders could start trading. And uh, we need to have a pro program and a strategy to help this um, small, small store traders to get off their feet and to, to start trading. Um, chairperson, then also the banks, there's a, there's a, a, a system or a, a, um, 
help the small businesses uh, where the treasury and the banks work together um, to help uh, small businesses with loans. But unfortunately, Chairperson, uh, the, the banks are, 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 are seeing these clients as normal clients and they use their normal criteria. And so most of the small business that's already in stress, they get declined by the banks. So I want to ask the Deputy Minister again to go back to the drawing board and talk to the banks and say, listen, um, the, the Treasury is in any case guaranteed this money. So help this business doesn't matter about the, the, the um, financial history with the bank. Because at the moment, um, if you have a small problem um, of the past, the bank banks is just declining your, your loan. So if the Deputy Minister can please with a, with um, you know and summarizing with you know with the with the counterpart in the treasury help small businesses so that they can get this um, um, uh, um, loans. And then chairperson my last proposal is small um, sole proprietors. They, they they can't register the businesses um, on the Cypro um, website and and I want to propose that we work with Cypro so that we use the ID numbers as a as a as an identification, and then we can register all sole proprietors because they, in any case, trade in their own names, um, and the unique number is the ID number. So use the ID numbers, get them registered as formal um, businesses as sole proprietors, and then they can get into the net and and also get help, and you know um, the the tax. The SARS can, can trace them. Everybody um, will benefit from this if we only use the ID numbers. And it's an easy process. So um, if they can, if Small Business Development Department can spoke, spoke to CIPC and, and get those platforms um, off the ground to help our small businesses. Um, thank you, Chairperson. And that is my take. Okay. No, thank you very much. I think with the CIPC as a, a select committee uh, on trade and uh, industry, because it's an entity of uh, trading uh, industry and competition, maybe we could uh, arrange a meeting a select committee, which uh, uh, will gladly uh, allow you to be part of it, so that we check this if it's it was part of their mandate. Uh, it could be that it's not part of their mandate to, to register the sole uh, proprietors, uh, but we'll check with them uh, when we invite them. Yeah. Um, I want to check if uh, Honorable uh, Langa is back. I don't want to close him outside this meeting. Uh, but in the meantime, can we take uh, Honorable Dango? Apology, Chairperson. Oh. It's Kenya. <clears throat> Uh, Honorable yes, yes. Lang has just sent a message in a WhatsApp to say he is struggling with the network. He is in the meeting, but he's got a challenge with the network. He cannot be audible. Oh, maybe then he can write his uh, question because I see Honorable Matevula has already written uh, uh, questions. And I'll ask uh, the, the acting DG to take note of uh, Honorable Matevula's question. Uh, Honorable Dango, uh, followed by Honorable Mieni. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, if the, if the DG can just explain to us 
uh, if he understands what the spread is between the wholesale uh, uh, financer, the original financer, the wholesale financer, and the end financer, what is the spread between each of them? Uh, so we can understand that. Two is, are the original funders of uh, observing fiduciary responsibility in the loans that they are making? I think that becomes important. And three is for the ministry at this particular point in time that we're sitting with COVID, is to look at a Community Reinvestment Act to enforce wholesale funders to produce a particular amount of funding towards emerging businesses that may require that. So by law, they would then be compelled by, by X amount to do that, to consider that. Four is the other wholesalers actually labeling the countries of origin of the goods that they are reselling. I think it's important that we do that so that we can actually be selling South African produce to South Africans. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Dango. Uh, Honorable Mieni, followed by uh, Honorable Tim Pratese. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, let me firstly Are you there, Honorable Mieni? Uh, am I audible now? Yes, yes. Continue, okay. Honorable Mieni. We can hear you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Uh, let me first greet the DM and, uh, and appreciate the, the presentation by the department. Uh, I've got only three questions. What I want to check from the department, can the department furnish us, us all with the approved applicants or applications? Uh, secondly, I wanted to check how much limit each spaza shop qualifies, each spaza shop. Lastly, <coughs> the, the relief fund guarantees that are being executed or implemented via MFIs and RFIs. Is there any relief fund by the, MF, the MFI and the RFI? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Team. Uh, followed by Honourable Bridget. <clears throat> Hello, Chair. Chair, I must uh, first just apologise. My uh, my camera is not uh, is giving me hassles. I've got problems with signal. Whenever I put my camera on, it goes very bad. So I apologise, not showing myself. Um, Chair, there's just uh, just two questions. First of all, when you look at the the uh, presentation that we received, <clears throat> I believe it's on slide six. And this, this echoes what my colleague, uh, Honorable Kruger, has mentioned. It said that sole proprietors were not fully accommodated in the compliance requirements initially. Now, Chair, if I can just stop there for a second, that is completely unacceptable. This is the Department of Small Business Development. That means that the majority of people that we work with, or a large proportion, are going to be sole proprietors. They are small businesses. And to 
frankly, you know, it's 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 almost like the symptom of somebody who's done well in life that says to a sole proprietor, "Oh, you must just register. It's no problem. It's easy. Get it done." And they forget about all the burdens that come with registering as a PTY Limited. A lot of sole proprietors cannot afford to have a annual audit from an audit firm. And all the other costs that come with that, we have to find a way. And frankly, to walk into this COVID-19 problem and just flippantly say, oh, well, sole proprietors, we can't help you, is literally destroying the fabric of our country at the moment. And I'm sorry, but the department to simply say that in a presentation that, oh, sorry, they weren't properly accommodated is simply not good enough. It's not good enough that we cut the legs off people that provided essential services but couldn't get a CRPC certificate in order to work. It's just not good enough. People have lost massive amounts of money. I have DM. I'm so glad you're here. I know you take this stuff seriously. Please take that on board. It's not good enough that we cut these people's legs off. My second question, Chair, I directed a question to the Ministry on the 22nd of May. And the question read as follows, and I'm just reiterating the question here. How many applications were received from small, medium or micro enterprises since the opening of the COVID-19 debt relief process? <clears throat> I received an answer to that question. It was about 14,872 applications. I'm happy with that answer. But Chair, the second part of the question I'm not happy with. The second part of the question was, is how many small, medium and micro enterprises were rejected, the applications were rejected as a result of not meeting the triple B double E criteria. Now the answer I got, Chair, is that none, absolutely not one of the applications received from companies that did not meet the triple B double E criteria were rejected. I hope that I hope the DM, I hope I'm phrasing that clearly. Effectively, what the department have told us is that all the companies that do not meet the triple B double E criteria, all of them that applied, none of them were rejected. But the minister said on this forum a week or two before that if you are not triple B double E compliant, you will not be able to qualify for funding. So those two don't meet each other. That is a massive problem. And the question, that the, the answer I got referred me to an annexure A. It said, except for those people listed in annexure A that were disqualified. But unfortunately, I did not receive an annexure A. So I want to ask the De Deputy Minister now and the DG, who obviously sent me that answer, may I please have annexure A? As a result, it, it, it's my question that I sent to the Ministry on the 22nd of May, says the only people that were disqualified from applying for the debt relief fund were those listed in Annex A. And I can't work without Annex A. So can the DG just supply me with Annex A or send it via the committee? Because those are all the people that are listed that were disqualified from re for debt relief fund. And I'm quite sure the committee and certainly myself would like to see that list. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Tim, Honorable Bridget, uh, followed by uh, Honorable Lord. Uh, thank you, Chair. Can you hear me, Chair? Yes. Hello, Chair. 
Yes, okay. you can hear you. Now, maybe you should no, uh, switch you. off your maybe you should switch off your camera. Okay, your okay thank you. Yeah. Is it better now? Yeah, it's better now, yes. Okay, no, thank you. Thank you, Shay. Let me also uh, join the honorable members in welcoming the presentation, Chair. And further indicate that, Chair, I appreciate the input made by the DM on behalf of the department to say that really it was an eye-opener to us as uh, the members of the, of the portfolio committee. And, Chair, also appreciate the update because it has been an issue that we have been raising in our meeting that we need to be updated on the challenges and the achievement that we have made as far as this COVID-19 pandemic and the operations of the department is concerned. Now, what I want to say is that, what I want to say, Chair, is that, uh, sorry, Chair, Yes, no continue. Take your time. Hello, Chair. Yes. Chairperson, my apologies. You. <laughs> you see, working from home is a problem. Now you have kids, and then they will come and run into you. You must go back to Parliament. This is COVID. <laughs> yeah, but no, <laughs> yes, Chair, okay. I was saying that I appreciate the update there before I go to my questions because we have been raising the challenges about the update. But I have two questions here, Chair. My first question will be I've learned through the presentation that there were 21,414 incomplete applications that were referred to CEDA. My question will be how many did re made, uh, how many did reapply? And how many did they qualify, Chair? My second question will be, before this COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic, Chair, was CIFA budget enough to cover its operation and the corporate plan? Now, if, we are, if our plan is, is affected, Chair, do, do, does CIFA have the, 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 the plan of the, the, the recovery plan, Chair? Because I've learned that Obviously, we must agree and acknowledge that as the portfolio committee, our department and the two entities were taken out of their way because of this pandemic. But, Chair, we must not only be hard on the department and the two entities to say that there are challenges. I appreciate the challenges and the achievement because I've also learned through the presentation that 13 years have been meshed with the wholesalers for market access. So I want to say that I do appreciate that we request that the department can, con can continue to do more than what it have done because to us it's an achievement, but it's still little chair. So I have only two questions that I've raised earlier on to say that I also made a plea that can we be updated on weekly basis about the achievement and the applications that are coming so that we avoid piling the, the information, if it's possible. That is my submission, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Pritchard. Uh, Honorable Lund, uh, followed by uh, Honorable Apleni, and uh, followed by uh, Honorable Moimang. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Um, Chairperson, I'm glad that we're getting to a situation where we're getting joint presentations from CEDA and CIFA 
um, you would remember from our select committee meetings that I've been raising this, um, that and both the entities agree to it, that they're starting to work together, moving closer to one another, ensuring that they have a bigger footprint and not duplicating um, too much work and staff and offices. Um, I do want to so support Honorable Kruger in his question that they, we also need to look at the current businesses, because I understand this is fall under the Department of Small Business Development, but we also need to talk about the survival of the current businesses, because if you look at small businesses when they start up, the majority of them uh, fail to get beyond the two years. But we do have thousands of businesses across South Africa that went through that initial two-year period that on their own struggled and survived and contributed to the economy. But now we're sitting, and I'm going to use my own constituency as a, an example. In Marshall Bay alone, there's 129 businesses that is under business rescue and that's struggling and in all likelihood will go under. Now, if you apply that across the entire country, it is thousands and thousands of small businesses that need support. So why isn't that we cannot give more support to these businesses that have already proven themselves to create jobs, to get through the difficulty and contribute to our economy? I'm not saying don't expand, but we are in a crisis situation now and we need to support those that have already proven themselves um, to add value to our economy. Um, also, one of the things, we are entering a new normal and a new way of needing to do businesses. And I think it's, I just need to check, but I think it's program two, program three, where you talk about what you need to do from a technological aspect. Now, many of these established businesses also need to access a market that they cannot access on their own. They maybe don't have the skills or the access to people that can ensure that they can compete in a new environment where a lot of this is going to go online. And I don't see this department or the entities speaking to that and helping to address that. Uh, the last thing is, I know this also falls under the Department of, of, of Labor, but it's something that Honorable Deputy Minister and the Minister as well should take up because you get reports on a daily basis of businesses that have applied for UIF, TERS, and, and, and I hear there's a lot of people that's blaming one or two small businesses. You know, they get the money and they're paying it over to the staff, but there are hundreds of businesses and, and that should be addressed. I'm not saying it should not be addressed, but we should also look at all the businesses that have applied and didn't get the payment that they do. And those people are struggling. They're struggling to keep afloat. They're struggling to look after not just their own family, but also the families of those that work for them. And that is a concern that needs to be addressed. Now, if you're going to be this part of this department that supports small businesses, that's something that you need to help us fight for so that the businesses that are just keeping head above water, they can stay afloat and survive in these times. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Lund. Uh, Honorable uh, Aplene has got uh, also communication uh, challenge. So we'll also encourage him to write uh, his questions uh, on the chat uh, function, and then the department will uh, attend to those questions. Uh, Honorable Moimang, uh, followed by Honorable Mpele. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Chair. 
let me take this opportunity to also add my voice in, su in support uh, of uh, those uh, that uh, express their appreciation to the updates uh, uh, led by the Deputy Minister in terms of the work that the department is doing together with its entities to relieve the, the pressure that uh, is visited upon our SMEs as a result of the, of, of the pandemic. Chair, my uh, uh, question relates to, to uh, the, the fact that there are uh, numbers given uh, in terms of the, the incomplete uh, applications. Uh, I wanted to check with the, with the, with the DG, if these numbers uh, of the incomplete application uh, was to be was to be uh, attended to in terms of uh, ensuring that uh, uh, they do not uh, fall through cracks. Uh, have they attempted to sort of uh, uh, cost these applications uh, with a view to ensure that uh, uh, on the basis of their commitment to to assist the SMEs, they are then able to position themselves in the next coming six months to ensure that uh, these uh, applicants, uh, particularly those uh, that come from our vulnerable uh, communities, are attended to. Uh, obviously, mindful of the fact that the DG said uh, there are those uh, that could. Uh, be attended to through the the UF program of the Department of Employment and Labor. The the second point uh, relates to the uh, the fact that uh, uh, this passers shop program uh, it looks like uh, we are not doing that well. Uh, as a province, uh, of course, mindful of the fact that the DG said also attributed our, our population uh, that could be a contributing factor. But I'm more uh, interested in terms of uh, extra effort on the part of the department to ensure that the smaller provinces uh, are not left behind in terms of the SME relief fund and also this partner shop because uh, uh, the, the, the big uh, city centers, uh, probably because of uh, the participants, uh, probably because of the complexity, of, because of their readiness, because of how their structure is well, is, is, is well assembled, uh, they might be in a better position to, 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 to uh, uh, make use of the opportunities that are presented uh, by the department and its entities. Uh, what is it specifically that the department is doing to pay attention to the rural provinces and rural municipalities to ensure that uh, they are able to uh, check and identify those small businesses 
and in, even informal. Uh, I'm raising this point informed by the fact that uh, uh, the, there, there, there are various forms of business. It could be a sole, sole, sole proprietor, it could be a close corporation, it could be a partnership, it could be a company. And therefore, uh, moving from that background, it, it, it then becomes uh, uh, an area uh, of challenge uh, to me to see why should a form of business be a criteria that either include you or exclude you from accessing the SMME Relief Fund uh, so that we must not find ourselves discriminating against uh, those uh, shop owners in the, in, the, in the rural villages that necessarily have been in, play, have been in existence for the last uh, 10 to 20 years, but just by virtue of the fact that uh, they have not incorporated themselves, they cannot be assisted. So I think it's an area that uh, the department should really look into so that we are then able to also put much more emphasis in terms of the profile of those applicants that were uh, uh, either uh, not approved by the two of the form of business that they are using in terms of their business enterprise. Thank you, Chair. Sorry. Uh, Honorable Bele, followed by Honorable Lansman and Honorable April, in that order. Um, <clears throat> Uh, thank you, uh, Chairperson. Uh, I hope I am audible to, to everyone. Um, and thank you to the Acting DG for the uh, presentation. Um, from my side, it is uh, two, two questions um, and then just one, one, one statement. Um, the, the first is to raise an issue that um, was brought to me by, by a handful of um, small business um, applicants to the to the relief funds, um, and I'm aware that the, the department did uh, sort of briefly address it on on social media, um, but but I'm not sure that it's been fully explained. Which is that the the issue of of the multiple emails uh, that were sent out to applicants um, and often. Uh, they were erroneous um, in indicating that the application was either um, uh, either had outstanding documentation um, or or that there was some sort of non-compliance issue, um, even if uh, you know that wasn't the case. Um, and and one one applicant uh, told me this morning that apparently they received the same email 23 times. So there's clearly a sort of process or database or um, or, or, or technology issue um, um, in terms of that communication system. If the department could just explain for the for the committee exactly what went wrong there um, and 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 what's being done to address that. Um, that would be appreciated, and then uh, I can also give that feedback when I receive uh, queries on that issue. Um, and then Chair Ogusbili is to ask about uh, the progress updates on the on the RFPs, the requests for proposals uh, that had been issued by the departments concerning uh, funding opportunities for cloth mask and other PPE production. Um, if I recall correctly, the deadline for that had been extended to the 31st of May. 
so it's been just over, a, uh, well, about a week and a half since that deadline uh, um, passed for, for for small businesses to uh, to submit their proposals. Um, and 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 here I stand under correction. So the acting DG must just correct me if I've got my understanding wrong. But my understanding was that the the funding for um, working capital and equipment um, uh, and and other inputs. Uh, that those are that those RFPs uh, were based on was going to come from the resilience uh, uh, fund, um, but that resilience fund was put on hold, and the allocated funds for that were then lumped in with the relief fund. So, uh, without knowing any more, and hopefully some light can be shed on that, it seems to me that there's been requests for proposals on PPE and cloth mask, etc. production, but the funds allocated to for that are no longer there because they were they were redirected. So if I could just get a progress update on where things are at in that regard, um, or is it the case that maybe we're waiting for um, for National Treasury to come back to the department about a funding top up? Um, or are those are those proposals being directed to other other entities like maybe the the, the IDC? I know I know they have a a, a a funding mechanism around PPE production as well. So just some clarity on that, please. Um, and then thirdly, uh, chairperson is is just my my information notes, if I can put it that way, which is a a suggestion to the departments um, and to CIFA and CEDA. Uh, we're, we're relevant, uh, just for some really clear and uh, um, um, uh, yeah, so some some clear communication about how the funds have been uh, managed, how many funds, how much funds have been committed, as opposed to dispersed, because I'm sure the departments and 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 the state organs are aware of this, but you know, small businesses talk to each other. Uh, they, they 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 pass the word along about what they've heard, what they've done, uh, the feedback which that one got. And right now there is this um, there's this narrative that is circulating throughout parts of the small business ecosystem uh, based on what I assume is a misunderstanding because of of unclear communication, which is the fact that the department had communicated that all the all the funds available had been had been used up in terms of that 1,500-odd uh, beneficiaries that we, uh, we were told about in the presentation. I think the figure was 1,497 up until a week or so ago, so clearly it's been updated slightly. Um, and, 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 but what's happening is that those applicants who uh, were not approved their funding, they're hearing that uh, uh, the beneficiaries um, have not been uh, given their full uh, their full required funding, but it's being done monthly. So they think there's still money in the department in the relief fund that they can still apply for. Um, and I told them that I would assume that funds have been committed, but they're being dispersed in monthly installments. So even though there might still be money technically in the relief fund, it's been committed over a six-month time frame to beneficiaries that have been finalized. That's the kind of detail that needs to be communicated so that people don't think, oh, there's still money available because they weren't dispersed so much. Um, so if I can just put that on the table for the department to really be succinct um, in communicating that kind of progress and those results. Thank you, Chair.
Thank you very much, Honorable Pele. Honorable Lance, ma? Thank you, Chair. Hope you feel much better. Uh, thank you, DM, for taking time to come to the committee. The only thing is, Chair, I hope you understand, when we are at the end, it will be a duplication of asking the same question because we are not just one committee, we are a joint committee, and everyone asks the same questions more or less. So I'm covered, Chair. It's just appreciation and acceptance of the presentation. Okay, no, thank you very much. Uh, Honorable April, then followed by Honorable Jacobs. And I don't know if I'm audible. Yes, loud and clear. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I want to appreciate the presentation that was given. Uh, it is indeed uh, comprehensive, although I just arrived uh, halfway through the presentation. Um, I've got only a few questions, uh, Chairperson, if you would allow me. Just a second. I've gone through the presentation that, that was sent to us via email, and um, I have seen a couple of things that I just want to raise. So just give me a second. I'm struggling with this gadget here. There we go. I just wanted to find out, uh, in terms of the support program that is that is that was represented, uh, how much limit each spaza shop uh, qualifies for. And then I also want to check when we note uh, that under CIFAS whole, wholesale lending, um, after, oh, come on, where am I now? Wholesale, after the, the wholesale lending, there are four intermediaries that request a payment, uh, a payment holiday. Three of these entities are based in Gauteng and one in Malanga. Can, the, can we also be given a profile of those intermediaries uh, in terms of ownership and so forth, so that we know who is being uh, assisted uh, with this program that CIFA is running? And then um, I also want to check that um, the business growth res or resilience facility, is it on hold or is it phased out completely? Lastly, uh, I want to check with CIFA that the money that was allocated to 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 CIFA before the COVID-19, was that budget sufficient and the use of that budget, how is it rolled out? Uh, just just give us an update on that. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Epre. Uh, Honorable Jacobs. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and greetings to everybody. Just a few remarks. I think... Uh, I'm a bit distracted because I just got news of one of our health workers in a, a day hospital here in uh, Athlone that also passed on at the hospital. So things are a bit uh, difficult here in the Cape. Um, uh, as a member of parliament for the greater Athlone area, we're in the epicenter of, of, of things. So our sincere condolences to her and uh, and her family. Um, Chair, just uh, I think we we in this pandemic and there's a lot of crisis, so I think we we asking for the department to do more. We are grateful that they've approved the 1,500 people, but we're really looking at uh, uh, asking the president and also the national treasury to give more money to this department so that we can give more of our people an opportunity. I think the, the, the key thing for me is that we're seeing a lot of businesses here applying for business rescue, but there's also a lot of scrupulous people here on the, in the rural areas um, I also got an SMS with the MP and says uh, that, that said to me, 
die Bürger das oft bedankt, and they've taken the, 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 the money and they're not getting the money back into the system. Um, so I think what we need here, there's also this notion of white um, empowerment, WEE, in the Western Cape, where they're basically saying that they're only supporting white businesses and only buying by, uh, by, by, by white businesses in, in the Western Cape. And so people are not be given opportunities in the Western Cape. I think we know that ownership patterns, not only in uh, big businesses, but also in small businesses, are largely skewed towards traditional uh, white constituency. So I think we mustn't fight this fight on the race anymore. Our people are struggling. All of us are, 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 are in this pandemic together. So we applaud what the, the, the department is doing. But I think what more could be done to focus on women, on rural and youth and on townships, because that is where the traditional uh, people are that has been uh, marginalized for the longest time. So we're asking for, for, for the department to map this out more systematically. We welcome the initiative um, of the mapping of the spaza shops. But I think what is more important, instead of waiting for applications to come, we need to see where we need uh, shops in those rural areas which is exploiting our communities, which is not helping our communities. And uh, I like the model that uh, uh, Member Dango has raised around uh, lending, uh, empowerment lending schemes so that we can help small business, micro business like the Grameen Bank. And so I think we're asking the department to look at those. Obviously, there's not a lot there that we can get from, from national government, but we need the partnership and calling on the on the department to look at innovative financial models that changes the the landscape, the financial landscape and the economic landscape. Look, there will be people that will complain about broad-based black economic empowerment, but they ideologically are in a minority and we need broad-based black economic empowerment to help our people take them out of our poverty. We don't just want to be workers also. We want to, we want to also benefit the fruits and be part of ownership. So if I'm appealing to those businesses that are struggling, look at how you work with your workers and find a joint way. And I'm also appealing to the department to find if there is a, a ownership schemes with workers that they can also fund uh, in this way. I've also visited a, 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 a black owned business in Philippi, um, a black woman, African woman that's struggling. She's got PPE protective, but she's not being given opportunities because you're in the Western Cape. Uh, there's no broad-based black economic uh, procurement policy. So this woman has to uh, send an attender for outside areas, but not in the in the Western Cape. So that's also something that we, we need to look at. Um, I think the questions around um, micro-lending and spaza shops, I think we just want to break down um, in the Western Cape. For me, uh, where is it? Also, the limits of the spaza shop, how much, how much uh, do people qualify for? Uh, with regards to the uh, spousal shop support program, is there a credit loan and what is the guarantee and how do they access uh, maybe just more information uh, around that. But we appeal that the department continue to do this. They must stay with our constituency, continue to communicate with our people. We know the need is bigger than the demand. So we are appealing to the department to be responsive to our community's needs. But I think we, we commend the minister uh, she must come visit us more often on, on this platform, but we, we commend the minister and the department and the deputy minister and and the and the whole entire ecosystem of small business. Keep it up. 
Uh, we, we really are proud of what you're doing, but there's room for improvement. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, eh, Honorable Jacobs. Uh, Honorable uh, DM, uh, Makapa, uh, it's over. It's back to you now. So you'll decide whether you want to come first or you allow uh, the department, the, the entities, uh, to respond first. And then maybe you can then come back later. Then you over to you, Makapa. You can unmute uh, Maka. You are muted. You are still muted, uh, Maka. You are still muted. You are still muted. Can maybe keep the DG, please? Yeah, maybe. Maybe in the meantime, let's allow then the acting DG to to respond. Okay. Uh, acting DG, can you and your team respond to the questions until uh, until 1700 hours so that uh, if there are any follow-up questions uh, from members uh, we can allow that as well thank you chair i think the significant number of questions are for safe let me allow them to go first and then we'll answer other questions uh, uh, chairperson yeah if i can uh, go ahead chair. okay no, thank you, Chair. Um, we, if, if we miss some, please uh, 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 let us of that. And, and thanks to honorable members and the honorable DM and acknowledge the, the DG also and our colleagues from CEDA. <laughs> um, my sense starting with the uh, Honorable Hendricks, that it, it was merely an input for us to be alive to, to the challenges that, that are out there. And there's a suggestion that has been made directly to the department. I guess the DG will, will, will respond to that. Um, Honorable Kruger, uh, we, we do understand that uh, there would be a number of, uh, the issue about informal traders, rather, the 4,000 or so informal traders. The, the department, I think at the right time, is going to be announcing other interventions that uh, are responding to the informal traders. I would want to comment on that. Perhaps the, the DG will respond to that. We'll deal with that also. Um, equally, the question on small business development. The the question from Honorable Dango um, is a question also that resides with mainly within the department. Uh, the, I mean, the issue around the informal the wholesalers, uh, the, the the wholesalers that are involved in the schemes that the department has initiated. Honorable Mien, the the question on the names of approved applicants, that information has been released from CIFA. I guess in, uh, in in due course it should be reaching your desk. 
Uh, if I think, unless I'm mistaken, I may be confusing. I think there was a question of whether there was going to be any further relief um, for those that uh, that have been excluded coming from honourable men. As I said, there might be instruments. There will be instruments that the department will be announcing, which some of them will be coming through us for for implementation. Um, as we get back to normal business, it's always possible for us to, to deal with uh, further uh, interventions uh, that may be required uh, from CIFA side as people come through to apply. On the sole proprietor's, uh, proprietor, sole proprietor's side, I think we dealt with this question, Honorable Chair, in the last meeting, and I was the one that responded to it, just to clarify it a bit more. At no point were we arguing that we cannot support sole proprietors. Uh, let, let's underline that. The issue is that the, the rules are such that we are supposed to support enterprises that are duly registered. So unless if I didn't understand, the, so if the suggestion is that we should support enterprises or sole proprietors rather that are not duly registered, it makes it difficult for us to do so because we'll be going out uh, outside the framework uh, in terms of what uh, uh, guides us in terms of the rules of, 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 of implementation that we are supposed to, to operate within a CIPA. So indeed, we have funded sole proprietors. Let's put it on record. And we estimate that the, 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 of the applications that we've dealt with, for those sole proprietors that are registered, is around the region of about 10% of the applicants that we dealt with. So we can provide further detail on that. Uh, there is also, there was also a question that was raised relating to, I mean, when we dealt with the, the question of subproprietors as well. I think the same question, in the same line, there was a question on, a repeat question I would say, on the BEE or the, rather those applications that were not be compliant, uh, that were, I think I was saying, rejected, if I'm not mistaken. So in essence, in our application of the rules, uh, in our evaluation and, our, and processing of the applications, I clarified it last time, there was no point where a decision was taken that people be excluded because they would not be compliant. So we did approve people that were not be, were not be compliant. But we, as indicated, I think the, the, the DM, if I'm not mistaken, raised that point. The, the DG definitely uh, made points and other members, uh, honorable members, about the constraints relating to the availability of the funding, whether the funding could match that which was supposed to, 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 to fund, uh, the, the demand as it was coming out for, from the, the, the enterprises. The reality is that even if people could have been compliant to be funded. When we reached a point where the funds were not sufficient to process, we had to stop at that point. Otherwise, we were going to contravene the provisions of the PFMA, uh, that we would commit money that which is not available for CIFA to, 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 to in fact, finance, uh, to, in fact, uh, the discharge its obligations on. So as we know, there's a much more larger basket of people, uh, which is far bigger than those that we've approved, that we could not, in fact, allocate. So it would not have been because they're not being compliant that we excluded them. When we made the point on being compliance, we said, if we are dealing with a basket of applications, 
we would have to make sure that the distribution of that commitment does in fact not negate the need for us to to, to, to be up to appreciate the policy framework within which you operate. That's all we're trying to explain. So we're not saying we don't. We're saying we have to be alive to the fact that there is a BE policy that we have to respond to. It's, a, it's an obligation on our part. To, we have that responsibility to do so as CIFA. Honorable Shomelang, I think I've partly explained, as we said. So, so in fact, we were talking about the CIFA availability before COVID. As per our corporate plan, indeed, we were in safe, on safe ground, if one put it as likely as that. So we did have a, a budget that made it possible for us to operate in a sustainable way, CIFA. Uh, do we have a recovery plan? We have, uh, as you may be aware, tabled uh, a, a draft corporate plan that we, we uh, a new corporate plan rather for, for, the, for the new financial year. Our understanding is that it is going to be a balance between securing the sustainability of CIFA responding to the pressures on the economy as the SMEs are in fact facing. So we know that COVID is not gone and there may be other uh, subsequent challenges that we have to respond to. Hence, I, I, I'm, I don't want to respond to, to, I don't want to delve into the, the space where uh, the department, as I said, will be pronouncing on new interventions, which we are getting ourselves ready as those interventions are made, additional interventions are made so that we respond appropriately. Uh, so, so we would be, we will be able, at least in the foreseeable future, in the foreseeable future, be able to to go on, continue to discharge the responsibility of, of CIFA. So that's how we understand to be the recovery plan. We understand that from government side, we are all also going to be guided about uh, the makeup and direction as far as the new economy is concerned. And all we have to do on our side is to give ourselves to respond. Of course, we do make input between us and the department uh, on the. Uh, uh, propositions that are made and we based on our experience where there's an indication of what we can do or what could be done and whatever input that the department requires we do so accordingly equally in the comments from from honorable shamelang and others before her uh, there was an acknowledgement of the work that we've done without me citing everybody we greatly appreciate that and we encourage to continue to do the work that we do Honorable Lord raised, I think the main point that I would raise talks to the survival of current businesses and the, the issue around adaptation in terms of technology. I am not sure if we can specifically, if I'd be responding appropriately, but if I were to give a generic response, at any given time when we are in normal business, a CIFA receives application, be it applications for for improvement of business systems, with applications for expansion. And there's a justifiable case. In the case of each individual enterprise, there is no reason that we should not look at that application based on its merit and advance, uh, uh, provide the funding as would be required by that business. What we may not be able to do is to lead that charge to say this is what enterprises should do to become technologically compliant. We leave that to the entrepreneurs to propose. Honorable Moemang raised the question around the, the, what would be, whether we had done some costing on the, uh, the, the estimation, let me put it, the costing of, if we were to respond to everything else, what would be the, the, the shortfall that we needed to respond to? The last estimate that we're working on was around 12 billion. 
which is quite a large amount. And, and I guess it will be not foreseeable, at least in the short to medium term, that CIFA may be able to respond appropriately to that. So my understanding is that it is going to be a diverse range of, of interventions that may assist government and CIFA and perhaps with the interventions from all other funds on the ecosystem to be able to respond. One critical point that was raised, uh, whether it be it for this falling through the cracks or talking to the issue against, uh, for, for instance, the issue of technological advancement, is I think a very, a very important point that uh, Honorable Member suggested about how government traces the, the, the loan guarantee schemes that have been advanced to, 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 uh, to, to the banks, because that, that could come in quite handy in terms of plugging in some of the gaps uh, that will be there. Honorable Mbele, the, the issue of the email system, indeed it is true. Uh, we had had a number of glitches, as, uh, and without defending CIFA solely, I think it's common when you're dealing with this large volume of transactions that you would have these errors. We are working on a, a, a releasing a, a statement to, to the community, to the business community rather, to the SME community in that regard as CIFA, uh, to take ownership of, of the challenge that we, 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 we experienced. Um, so indeed, I think you, you're spot on on the, the, your understanding of the, of the 1497 and the issue about people getting confused that people are getting uh, money in trenches. So the arrangement is such that as we agreed with the department, we would approve applicants, but we knew that it would be a bit irresponsible for us to dispatch all the funds at once. Also because we need to check, excuse me, that the funds are used for that which they applied for. So it is still possible that in the course of us monitoring that implementation, you might find SMEs that are not compliant. In that case, we have to decide whether we can continue advancing because if we agree on an agreement that we must comply, they must comply as such and not, in fact, uh, deviate from the agreements of the funding. So we are, in fact, disbursing, as you said, monthly. Uh, we appreciate the input. We are very alive to the fact that you raised about the need for us to, to, uh, to, to advance, uh, to, I mean, to sharpen our communication. We know we've acknowledged it before that our communication is a challenge. Uh, but, of course, with COVID, it even become, it became much more complicated, much more uh, of a daunting task to do so. We will continue to sharpen that. We appreciate the input. Um, Honorable Jacobs, I think the, the, the points that are raised, we've noted them quite uh, quite strongly. We are all open as we are to all communities to assist where we can uh, in advancing the, the, the cost of funding small enterprises, especially those that are on the on the periphery. We we, we are more than willing to, to, to respond. And uh, as we indicated before, through the network of, of CIFA regional offices, it should be possible for those people that are on the ground to respond first and be able to assist where there are challenges. Where we may not, and perhaps the DG may be able to come in, I don't know about the case of the recent case, where we may not be that effective in terms of uh, is, is securing the uptake for these enterprises, as you say. Uh, we know that our responsibility has to be complemented by those of other agencies like CEDA uh, and even government itself, the set asides that are there. So it could be possible that uh, if indeed there are constraints in the Western Cape, it could be possible through the national government departments that, for instance, I'm just raising a suggestion perhaps that those enterprises could probably get, get support. So in case 
in particular where those people are able to pick up orders, for instance, for their for their products in those areas where they are coded. There is no reason under normal circumstances that we should not be able to respond as CIFA and CIDA and the department to assist. Thank you very much. I hope I've responded. Let me just pass on to, to, the, to the CEO, rather Chair, for him to, to fill in the gaps where I've uh, left out other issues. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Maybe just to touch on a few questions that uh, myself and my other colleague as well will touch on. Um, firstly, maybe just to reinforce the question again, Honorable Mieni, the check the website uh, of our executive authority, uh, DSBD, where uh, there will be uh, publications uh, of the approved applicants. Um, I think the issue around the Spaza shop uh, limits was raised by Honorable Miami, Honorable April, Honorable Jacobs. Um, uh, my colleague Dumi as well will just explain further around that, but just to mention, there are two facilities of 3,500 each, which works out to 7,000. The first 3,500 is a grant that is given to a spaza shop owner who would have qualified under the criteria that is there. And then once that has been exhausted, they can then now utilize the second 3,500 in a form of a credit which means they need to pay that money back when they go to a wholesaler to buy, you know, for the third time. But as I say, my colleague as well can add on other things as well. The issues of the RFIs, MFIs raised again by Honorable Mieni, Honorable April. Um, you know, we will, we will obviously, uh, again, I'll ask my colleague to touch on that. But maybe just for me to conclude on the issue raised by Honorable um, Bretonseth is that we are having currently programs that are COVID-related in ensuring that, amongst other things, we save the jobs by helping those SMMEs that, due to the alert levels that we were at, level five, many of them couldn't operate and because they couldn't operate, it meant there was no income for those businesses. There was a need for them to continue paying you know, their employees. So there was a need to cover the payroll. There was a need to cover the rentals and other costs that are business related. Those issues, because they were you know, related to the level, the alert levels at which we were. Now that the economy is opening up, the minister is well placed in that there are a number of programs that will be introduced which are geared towards what we call economic recovery. So, in other words, beyond where we are, there will be no need for us to continue supporting businesses with payroll because the expectation is that they will be going back to start operating. However, when it comes to us increasing capacity, around those businesses that are manufacturing the essential goods because we will continue uh, you know, needing the, the cloth masks, uh, the sanitizers as our children, many workers are going back to work. This is where in terms of economic recovery, we are going to 
you know, continuing to support SMMEs so that they can manufacture, they can add onto their capacities um, as well. I think, um, let me stop there, and then I'll just ask my colleague uh, to me to expantiate really on the Spaza Shop uh, program, and then also on those RFI, MFIs as well. Thank you. Thank you, um, Honorable Chair. Um, on the Spaza Shop uh, program, um, the program is an ongoing program um, that we are implementing. And as the um, CEO explained, uh, the limits are a maximum of 7,000 Rand support per Spaza Shop. However, the first 3,500 is non-repayable. Um, and then the second part is uh, a credit facility. And the, this money is made available for the Spaza shops to access stock from wholesalers at a discounted price. Um, it is envisaged that this program will continue to expand as we rejuvenate um, the space and uh, support Spaza shops that are operating um, in the space. On the question asked around the intermediaries, I just want to make one correction. There are four um, intermediaries that's uh, received support in the form of payment holidays, and two are based in Gauteng, as in the head offices are based in Gauteng. One is based in Limpopo, and then um, the, th the fourth one is based in Mpumalanga. The, two, the four intermediaries, um, two of them are operating in the taxi industry, and these are intermediaries that um, CIFA entered into loan agreements with uh, many years ago and um, are offering um, financial support to taxi owners um, in the taxi industry. And the payment holidays that were passed on to them, they then passed on to the taxi owners to make sure um, that that benefit flows through to the end users. The other two are MFIs, which are microfinance institutions that in the main are supporting um, women that are operating in rural areas who could not trade, particularly during the level five lockdown and to some extent to the level four lockdown. And once again, that benefit was then passed on to the end user micro enterprises, which are in the main, in the rural areas, um, in across approximately five provinces um, of women-owned micro enterprises. We will share the ownership profile of these intermediaries uh, with the committee in writing. However, the microfinance institutions are NPCs, as in they are non-profit non-profit um, organizations, um, and therefore there are no um, shareholders as such that uh, benefited from this intervention. And then the two intermediaries in the taxi industry, one of them um, has uh, Santaco as a, as a shareholder. So we will share the details of the ownership profile of the four intermediaries, the two that are headquartered in Gauteng, um, one in Limpopo and the other is in Pumalanga. Thank you, Chair. 
Thank you very much, Mr. Tumi. I don't know where, Mr. Solomon, if we can read out the question of Honorable Matevula. I don't know if Mr. Tumi is also responding to it on the issue of written response on the profile of the SMMEs. But if you can just read it out before we ask the DG to respond to his questions. Okay, uh, thanks, Chair. There are three questions from Honorable Matabula. It is, um, what actions is the department going to take regarding the SMMEs who received money from UIF to pay employees and don't pay them? Um, the second question is, out of the 14,800 applications you received, how many black SMMEs owned by women have been assisted? And then the third question is, out of the 130 um, approved SMMEs from Limpopo, how many rural SMMEs owned by women have been assisted so far? Those are the three questions. Okay. Uh, and CEO and Tumi. Did you get the questions from Honorable Matevula? Sifa? Just a second, Chair. The first one was uh, whether we, were the, how many black owned women, black women owned businesses, okay? Am I right? Yes, but if you can also go to the meeting chats, uh, the question are also written there. Oh, on the chats, okay. Yes, on the chat, yes. Okay, so, so, so then the one was on, on just a second, Chair. Okay. Or maybe can we allow them the DG to respond to those questions that are directed to him? Yes, I mean, you come back, Chairperson uh, and the CEO, on the questions of uh, uh, Honorable Matevula. Thank you, Chair. I don't know whether this Chairperson of CEDA would like to respond to some of the questions. Dr. Love. I think they are still working out. Uh, they are still looking at the uh, written questions from uh, Honorable Matevula. So I was uh, in the meantime right. giving you the opportunity to respond to those that were directed to the department. Uh, okay. Honorable chairperson, Honorable chairperson, maybe before the DG uh, comes in, we could respond from CEDA on some of the of the questions or comments that were made that CIFA chairperson and CE did not touch on. So if the Honorable Chairperson can allow us, if we can just come in quickly on, whilst everybody's still looking at uh, Honorable Matebula's questions. Okay, no, you can go ahead. Okay, all right, thank you very yes, much. Uh, please, we can only hear the voice. All right, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Can you see me? I can't see you, but if other members can see you, it's fine. Yeah, we can see you now. All right. No, thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members. Thank you for inviting us. I think most questions were directed to the department as well as to CIFA, but there are a couple of comments maybe with that and uh, some one or two questions that we'd like to answer. Uh, I think the first one from Honorable Kruger, he has made a number of 
very helpful uh, suggestions, uh, particularly the one on suicide helpline. Those are some of the things that we can talk about, that we can look into as CIFA to see how we can assist on those kind of, of issues. Uh, the issues of informal store traders, I think uh, the, our CE, acting CE, will also just talk on some of the things that we have done when looking at the ecosystem and seeing how we can assist more than just the people that we have been assisting. Then there's an issue, there's a comment that was uh, raised by Honorable uh, Lont on the issues of what we are doing when it comes to access to markets in this new challenging um, circumstances that we are finding. We have actually already started doing something there. We are looking at digitalization. I know, I think our acting CEO will talk more into it, but we've had webinars and training that talks exactly to uh, this new state of being and how uh, entrepreneurs can look at accessing different markets. Uh, Honorable Muimang spoke to the issues of rural provinces as well as municipalities to say that they shouldn't be left behind. We are very much aware that we need to be looking at those uh, communities and we have adopted a district municipal approach to ensure that they are not left behind. So in all our service offering, we are looking at those and seeing for each municipality, for each district, what is it when we're doing our mapping? Where are we lacking and how we can assist with, with, with that? Um, then I also wanted to respond to Honorable uh, Jacobs. I think his comments were heartfelt and uh, that talks to exactly what is it that we are trying to address at CEDA. We have a diverse range of offering and we want and, and our offerings and how we've been, we've been reviewing our offerings based on the info, informed engagements that we've been having with SMMEs. There are various uh, surveys that we've done during this uh, COVID period so that we understand where, where people are, 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 where there's a gap and how we can then assist. Um, on the issues of profiling the rejected applicants, I will then hand over to our acting CEO, um, Ms. Majola, to talk on that, and then maybe just to talk on, on the issue so that she can give uh, some sort of comfort to members that we are looking at all, uh, at all, um, all enterprises within the ecosystem. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Dr. Uh, CEO, much other. Thank you, Chair. Um, am I visible? No, I can't. <laughs> we can't see you, CEO. Can you see me now? <laughs> oh, yes, we can see you now. Yes. Okay. Thank continue you. Still. Yes. Thank you very much, Chair. I'll start with the question on applications uh, that were, or rather applicants that were assisted to reapply uh, after they did not meet uh, the criteria initially. So I wanted to say of, of the 21 applications that uh, did not meet or the requirements or were incomplete, CEDA uh, only received, I think, about 13,000 from CIFA. But I also want to emphasize that, that um, the bulk of these were only received on the fifth week uh, of lockdown, around the 6th um, of May, uh, because we 
had teething problems with the application uh, process initially. I think as the DG mentioned at the start of his presentation that we had serious uh, teething problems. Uh, the system was not coping with the volume uh, of applications uh, that came through to CIFA. But that was sorted out uh, after sourcing external uh, assistance. So we sent back uh, about just over 2,000 applications to CIFA. And while we were in the, we were still processing uh, the applications. Uh, the, the budget was then exhausted. Now the applications exceeded the budget that was allocated for the scheme. So it would not have made uh, sense for CEDA to continue processing those applications because they had to be channeled to the UIF uh, scheme, which has different requirements because CEDA's role was to check if all the applications that were returned by clients after they were informed that there were documents that were missing, did they have all the required information? So some of that information is not required by UIF, uh, I mean like a CIPC uh, registration. So it would not have made any sense and we're not gonna add any value in the process if we, if for us to process them. So, but what CIFA did, they've sent standard communication to all outstanding uh, applications, informing them that uh, they need to apply directly to the UIF. The other question I wanted to respond to is one of um, platforms. Uh, yes, I, I. We do acknowledge the fact that our virtual platforms were not ready for the situation that we found ourselves in, but and that even after we had developed uh, training material, training programs, where uh, we rerouted our telephone systems, WhatsApp uh, group to be able to assist clients remotely, that was also not enough because some of those uh, platforms were reliant on our clients uh, having data. And we, 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 we actually, we've indicated to the department that that's a space that also requires lights of fire and the collaboration of municipalities to ensure uh, that there are Wi-Fi zones in most of, of the areas and that there are zero rated platforms to enable uh, clients that cannot afford uh, data to access the uh, government uh, services. Currently, with the assistance of the uh, ecosystem development for small enterprises, we are working on our digitization uh, strategy to address this problem uh, that we are in now. The other thing that the department allocated the targets for Paza shops per province. So each province is allocated a certain number of puzzles that can be assisted. That is to ensure or rather to give equal opportunity to all Paza owners to apply, even those provinces where the applications are trickling in. Uh, 
uh, slowly. There is a number that is allocated to 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 their uh, provinces, and we are also working closely with municipalities as a outreach point and also as drop off points for documents, so that people don't travel too far. Uh, in those instances where they are not close to see the branches for them to submit applications. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Thank you very much, uh, CEO. Um, I don't know, before we go to uh, CIFA and the uh, uh, department again, I don't know whether it was a, a good strategy to on the debt uh, relief fund uh, to include the issue of uh, payroll. Because uh, now with those applications that were not, uh, even though they, they met all the requirements, uh, but because uh, there was no money now, uh, now they are channeled to the UIF, which is only going to look at the issue of uh, uh, payroll, not the issue of utility bill and renters. I mean, so you must go to UIF. What about then the utility bill and the renters? Uh, so that's why I'm I'm just checking if a, if perhaps you did not include the payroll, just focus on the utility bill and the and the renters, uh, so that then those uh, those uh, SMMEs uh, take responsibility of applying uh, themselves uh, for the for the UIF rather than after they are they are application have not been successful. Yeah, they are now only now told that uh, you can go to the URF, which is only going to deal with the issue of the payroll only, uh, not the renters, uh, not the utility bill. Uh, but also the question, I don't know whether it's going to be the department that is going to respond to the question that also came up from members, is uh, these uh, this facilities on the resident and the uh, what is happening because it's been on hold uh, and the, the money that was used out of the 300 million uh, it's about 16.7 million uh, that was used so meaning that you still have around more than 280 million uh, that has not yet been used for that particular facility uh, so what is happening with regard to that particular uh, amount uh, can I go back to uh, Chairperson of uh, CIFA and the CEO? Thank you, Chair. Yeah, we, we, we got the, the question properly. Yeah. So the, on, the, on the SMMEs in, in, in uh, the, the black women-owned SMMEs, we we don't at this stage have those numbers uh, not because it wasn't but let me just go back just to explain because i guess members would wonder why the the issue is that uh, as we indicated we were running this we were processing these applications through the two emails that honorable Mbele also referred to under normal circumstances when we operate in our normal business as CIFA, we've got a system an it system that we use which when an application goes and is loaded, it, it's easier for us to extract information uh, uh, on that front, when, when, on, uh, from that system when required. Uh, now, we, the department has also requested us to, to, to 
crystallize that information. We're still trying to sift on that to get as much as we can. But it, it basically means it it meant that we had to upload the the applications which were previously dealt with uh, manually, upload them into the system again so that it generates some data. So we're still trying to clean up that data to get the figures. Uh, hopefully we should be able in the near future be able to give you a much more clearer information on the gender divide. But the rest of the demographics, we, we have that information. The issue on uh, rural enterprises in Limpopo, uh, we, the, those that are in the rural, that we can call rural applicants, uh, on the total number of Limpopo is uh, we standard about uh, 38 uh, approvals that we made, which come from the rural areas. For, for Limpopo province, out of the total of uh, 130. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, department? Thank you, Chair. Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, maybe the question from Honorable Hendricks, I will leave that to the DM. I think it's a political question. Um, then the question from uh, Honorable Kruger on informal traders. I think the chair of CIFA did explain a little bit that we are working uh, on an intervention. We are also partnering with some stakeholders because, like we indicated, uh, the budget is, uh, is, is, is exhausted. Uh, so we are mobilizing more funding from other stakeholders. We'll be announcing those interventions uh, uh, very soon because they are a very critical stakeholders but we also understand that we might not be able to cover many people in the space um, but uh, we will try and make sure that we do support them there is an, a, a discussion a chair that we are having uh, with uh, the dtic but i i know that the chair said they will also engage at their level in terms of the cipc the registration of uh, uh, sole proprietors but we are also having that discussion as well from our side uh, so that we can be able to accommodate, especially the sole proprietors as well as uh, the, the the informal businesses, and make it easier for them uh, to 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 register. And then, Honorable Damo, I think the the questions that you raised, I'm not sure whether I understood, but I saw them here on the on the chat. Um, I'm I'm not sure whether we I, I I get the question clear, but in terms of the way we are working with the wholesalers for now. What we did was to go, or first what we did, we had to interact with the spaza shops. They indicated to us the basket of goods uh, that they normally buy from the wholesalers. And then we negotiated uh, with the wholesalers discounts for our spaza shops owners so that the 3.5 that we are advancing to them, they are able to cover or to get as many goods as possible. And then in terms of the labeling of those goods, no chair, that's why we are bringing in local SMMEs to supply because we believe that most of the goods can be supplied but there are many SMEs who are producing those goods and we want them to be the preferred supplier of, of these wholesalers. So some of the wholesalers are welcoming us even though it's taking a little bit longer uh, for them uh, to, 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 to onboard them because of those labeling issues, the branding, uh, the barcoding and all those other things but at least SMMEs are improving uh, uh, in that space. And, and then the other issue around wholesale funding, the community investment and all those things. Chair, I had indicated that we're working on the 
funding policy because currently we don't have a funding policy in the country and uh, it was delayed we had we were pushing uh, to finalize that policy as soon as possible because it will assist us to look at other uh, support instruments because definitely the money that is sitting uh, with government will not never be able to cover all the SMMEs uh, funding needs uh, I, I remember the research that was done uh, by SASME fund uh, in partnership with FinFind, they pointed out to 47 billion, the amount that is needed uh, currently by SMEs just to support them and, uh, financially. And that was before COVID. So it's obvious that we will never be able to fund all SMEs through the interventions that we have as government. Then uh, I think some questions were answered by honorable, uh, by the, 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 the chairpersons. Uh, the other one was by Honourable uh, Tim. On the question that he sent uh, to the department, I just retrieved the response to that question. Um, we said, yes, uh, I think the chairperson of CIFA did explain this in the previous meeting. Yes, we said none. The applications that are rejected are those that do not meet the attached criteria of fraudulent applications. And then we attach the the, the criteria that was uh, utilized for uh, SMME debt relief. So we will uh, forward again the, 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 the criteria. I think it, it, it got lost uh, in the system, but we had attached that uh, criteria because it's only those who did not meet uh, those requirements. I think Honorable Bridget, um, um, on, the, on, on the update on a weekly basis, we are trying to do that. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the last time we put information on our website, was on the 22nd of May, but we are trying to put information on a on a daily basis just to update uh, the public in terms of how many uh, people have been uh, uh, paid. Then uh, I think Honorable Lund, uh, he raised some key questions around uh, what are we doing. I think the chairperson of CIFA did respond uh, to some of those questions, but we are also as part of economic recovery now because uh, we understand that we are implementing the SME debt relief just to address the current crisis. But for going forward, uh, there is an, an, an instrument which is uh, being uh, developed. In fact, it's almost finalized now. It's done by our colleagues, which is jointly our CIFA, CEDA, and the department colleague called Business Viability because we understand that the way of doing business has changed. So we need to assist our SMEs to be able to adjust uh, their technology, their platforms, and whatever they are doing, in, even the commercial viability, they need to look at those things, the, um, the, the, the technology part aspect of it, because it's going to be critical going forward. And that also talks to uh, the online platforms. I indicated it during my presentation that there are already two platforms that we are looking at. Unfortunately, one of them was just a marketing platform. But you now, if you need a platform where people can do business, you need to institute certain security measures because there will be transactions that will be conducted on those platforms. So we need to work on those and improve uh, those systems. We are also talking to South African Post Office because they also have a, a platform there that they, 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 they want to avail for SMEs to conduct business online because that's the way to go. So there are quite a number of uh, uh, instruments that we are looking at and hopefully we'll be able to do that uh, to finalize those as, as as soon as possible so that our SMEs can start using uh, those particular platforms. And then there was a question, um, uh, Honorable Moemang, yes, I think it's true. We are pushing 
I think last week it was on a Saturday, on the 30th of May, we had a discussion uh, with the uh, regional managers of CETA because they are also assisting us in uh, administering these incentives, especially the Spaza Shop Support Program, uh, because we have to look at ways on how we can uh, support as many um, um, Spaza Shops as possible. But the challenge with Northern Cape in particular was the is the distances between the towns and the limited number of. Initially, we were working with NetBank because they were the ones who were willing to come on board. But the other banks are coming. I think we've started with Standard Bank now. We are still negotiating with the South African Post Office. Uh, they did uh, provide a proposal to us. Uh, we were not excited about it. Uh, we sent it back because we believe that they are rich, will assist us to reach as many um, uh, uh, spaza shops as possible. Uh, so there are initiatives. Yesterday, like I indicated, we had an engagement with um, Free State because they are also the uptake is very low and we, we have agreed in terms of what we are going to do going forward and how we're going to be sharing information uh, so that we can encourage more SMEs to come on board. And the good thing is that the wholesalers in Free State have come on board now, so the Spaza the, the shops will be, have a, a wider choice in terms of choosing, of choosing which wholesalers uh, to work with. I think, Honorable uh, on the issues of the RFIs, we we started the issue of the RFIs uh, because we noticed that most of the government departments, if I may start there, they were procuring um, panicking, uh, but which is understandable because of the crisis that we're facing. But we felt that most of the SMEs are being excluded from these opportunities. So we issued those requests for information so that we can assist SMEs to start complying and being integrated into the centralized supplier database. So we, 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 we are on a, almost on a daily basis when we receive the RFIs, we assist them to improve in terms of the compliance uh, requirements. And then we submit that information to the centralized supplier database because that's where um, uh, people or the government departments get information from um, or get uh, suppliers from. So this morning, for example, we had a discussion with the DG of Department of Basic Education, and they said because of the agency, they, they, they had looked at uh, getting factories to assist them because they needed 12 million masks. But he said uh, he committed to us that now they are going to be working with us in terms of ensuring that SMEs are also benefiting from this procurement uh, um, because the, 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 the COVID is not going anywhere anytime soon. So there will be more opportunities where they will be focusing on getting SMEs to supply because they were pressed for time in terms of them uh, opening the schools. So they had to go for the guys who could produce uh, this mask um, uh, quickly. Then I thought CIFA will respond on the committed versus disbursement. Uh, I think they can provide uh, that information, uh, Chair, they do have uh, that. that. Uh, I think you, Honorable Mbele, again, Mpemba, I articulated it very well, the issue of the communication. I think it's a challenge. Um, uh, you, I think, I don't know, maybe you work at CIFA sometimes because you <laughs> indicated that <laughs> the money, the way we are dispersing is exactly what you said. We disperse it on a monthly basis. They have to come back to us and say, we, this is what we've done with the money that you gave to us. We've paid this employee. Uh, we've paid our rent. We've paid for utilities. And then they get more uh, uh, funding in terms of the approval that was done. And then on the issue of the business growth, 
Yes, the, the business growth was put on hold uh, because the demand that we had was overwhelming from the um, SME debt relief, and that, that money was reallocated to that particular project. But we also understood that both NEF as well as ITC, they had opened up um, um, a funding instrument to assist people who want to supply PPEs. So it was appropriate for us to redirect them to that because most of the SMEs were looking for SME debt relief rather than uh, the business growth as well as the uh, support to uh, uh, produce PPEs. I think... Sorry, sorry, Jacob, sorry did you, what did you say? What happened to the, to the money that was meant said, for the business growth? Yes, we said the money that was meant for business growth was reallocated to SME debt relief. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, that's why we, 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 we have around about 500 million now at, at, on the debt relief. Then Orob Jacobs, yes, he raised some critical questions on the... Um, yes, Treasury, we are in, in serious discussions. I think DM did articulate that in her opening remarks, remarks and but we are also pushing the provinces. Um, the only province that has really come on board and even indicated the budget that they've set aside was Gauteng. Um, what we also did with them was that to avoid double dipping, they need to share their database so that people don't come and apply it safer and then they go and apply uh, with Gauteng uh, Enterprise Propeller. But they set aside 250 million which will assist uh, those who did not uh, qualify. And then we know that Northwest, they've recently announced uh, interventions. They did indicate to us that they have a budget. Uh, I think it was around 50 million, which will also assist those who are not, who are coming from Northwest who have uh, been unable to get support from us. So first day, they said they'll be announcing very soon in terms of what they're going to be doing. So we are mobilizing all the provinces to also play a role in this uh, aspect because they do have money that is supposed to support uh, uh, small business enterprises. Um, we will, I think the information uh, will be provided in terms of the breakdown uh, on, on, on information on entities that are supported uh, in, in, in Western Cape. Um, I think the Grameen Bank example that uh, Honorable Jacobs made, um, yes, I think we will take that into consideration because it's part of the SME funding policy that we are developing because we are also even talking to the CFIs, uh, these cooperative financial institutions. We also started engagements even with the stock first because there is money that is sitting even in the townships that we can uh, mobilize for this uh, intervention. So there's quite a lot of work that we are doing to get more money rather than depend uh, on on the fiscals, which is very limited. Then the chair on your on your on your remarks at the end. I think what we tried to do from the beginning, uh, we tried to negotiate with UIF that what they need to do is to allow all those people who are coming to us and uh, applying for, for 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 salaries, those applications where they can be sifted from us and taken to to them uh, directly. But uh, unfortunately, they indicated to us, uh, I think we negotiated for more than a month, they told us that in terms of their regulations that they issued, it's only people who were registered before the 15th of March. Those are the people they were willing to entertain. But we were encouraged last week by the statement from the uh, Minister of Labor that now they are open, they will take those people who were not even registered because initially they were very strict, saying they will only entertain those people who were registered and were paying UIF. 
so they were not willing to to register the the the, the or to support the SMEs that were not part uh, of the UIF, were not contributing to the UIF, and those who have outstanding um, uh, contributions or out, outstanding debts uh, from for, from UIF. So it's only now that they've agreed now, uh, which delayed us quite a bit. We would have uh, addressed this measure because the majority, uh, most of the money people are applying for is for salaries and wages. Yes. Yeah, and, and then there is a question that was from Honorable Matebula on 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 UIF. Uh, UIF is an entity of of Department of Labor. I know that the Minister of Labor has indicated that they will pursue those SMEs who receive money but are not paying uh, the, the the employers. Uh, so we will keep a tab on that. But I think even the the committee will also be able to keep a tab on that in terms of ensuring that those SMEs who have received UIS UIF payment. But are not paying their SMEs, they are prosecuted. I thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable GM, what's up? Uh, thank you. Am I audible? Yes. I yes. Thank you very I'm much. I apologize for the first time, but uh, in fact, it was in my mind that. Uh, all the delegation will respond because most questions they are doing day-to-day -day work. But I will attend to uh, Honorable Kruger and uh, Honorable Hendricks. Uh, on the part of the helpline for SMFs is that uh, are developing uh, uh, suicidal uh, tendencies. The, the, it is fortunate that uh, COVID-19 teaches us new lessons and how to do things as a collective. We are working with the Department of Social Development, but indeed uh, the department will ensure that when we get such a, 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 a communication, it is directly uh, directed to social development by the department to communicate because we are not going to develop that skill today because it's so much a professional to deal with such uh, uh, conditions. But we appreciate the uh, constructive criticisms and also the, the wisdom of actually assisting us to understand our clients more better. Thank you very much, Honorable Kruger, because we will take the matters that we have raised very seriously. Recently, someone was saying uh, their businesses is actually sinking. They have made an application, but they understand that they are not going to get any approval. And therefore, the, the wife was not able to inform the husband that there is a horrible crisis coming to them as a, as, as a team or as a family. That therefore confirms your statement that uh, we can't do deal physically with people. We must be holistic. And I think in the cluster arrangement, we will be communicating with those so that such hotlines are being able to to be attended to. Secondly, I think the, you correct, uh, uh, Honorable Hendricks, the department, while having 
all the other tentacles, their hands, their ears, in the form of our agencies and other partners. The department remains accountable because it is the, the department they run, it is their duty to take responsibility of where successes are and actually capitalize them. And the department is also willing to take any weaknesses that occur in our operations and seeks to attend to them to an extent of actually wanting to apologize where we've gone wrong. Coming to the issue of failing small businesses, I think we are as a, a responsible department. We cannot be saying our small businesses were not failed. The fact is, this COVID-19 has failed all businesses, small and big, and has made our whole economic ecosystem to, to, to fall below repression, rather to depression. And therefore, small business are no exception. All we need to do is to say, it was unfortunate. We are all, all of us were all in this. And we will, we will have an arrangement that is collectively responding. So the small businesses, the big businesses, the social aspect of our community, all of those. So social development has been made to be central in this because whilst the economy is going down social problems are actually increasing whether it's young people unemployed whether it's those who can't pay the university so this issue for us we we would want to invite all of the members of uh, parliament all the members in our committee to to to, to have a strength to work with us and also to have a, 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 a confidence of saying, we will tell you when you are wrong. So we accept that and uh, there will be many uh, mortalities in so far as businesses are concerned. And that is why the whole country and is approaching several banks inside our country and outside our country we are part of that and the minister is actually participating in that forum and i remember the minister saying no members must understand our operational environment you have two countries in one there are those who know what to do and they actually change their businesses, whether from construction or whether from grocery, they shifted to the more needed type of uh, trade. They moved into uh, the masks, into, but others, because they don't know, they don't have anything. Even if they were in the clothing and sewing, they were not able to shift to masks immediately. They wouldn't have a cloth. And, and business is about competition. Others, they were in others, but they were able to shift to the ones that were relevant, which became a priority. So there was very much uneven access. Others are still there in the basket of those who are poor. 
and then the notion of uh, I agree. We must support those who, who are survivists. Support them so that they can grow. But at no stage will we forget that we still have to go straight and shoot into the dark to say, come, you can still be in business. And also you talk of the informal. And the disparities between our provinces is very glaring nowadays that the rural ones are worse. But also if you go to the peri-urban, that is you have your Kailitas, you have your Kukuletu, very far from town. When they refer to, K, to, to, to Cape Town, they say, as if they are not in the Western Cape. So it is very clear, honorable members, that we have a CETA, we have CIFA, who actually helps us to actually reach to more people than we would do as a department. This meeting has also taught us more lessons that when we come here, our report must be very clear that this is the departmental report and also makes referrals to our entities so that their reports are not a mixed up with ours so that we can be able to, to, to respond to what the de departmental mandate is, as well as to those who are there to ensure that they have, a pro they have all the required skills to ensure that we deliver on our various mandates. I think uh, the minister was able then to say, I never knew that when you speak of business, you still have to babysit some. I really wake up at night and babysit them because they've never been in business before. But the poor are actually piling up and we better start now, pull some out of social grants and make them to graduate and become informal, then formal, so that we can all grow and have an inclusive growth. So, Chair, we are very honored by the patience that this committee has had, gone through our reports, asked as many questions as possible. And as we leave this platform, we will try to come together, re-look into your questions, how we responded, and then make things happen as you have advised us. We didn't see any derogative, we didn't see any, but all we saw was South Africans in a platform to make the life better. I thank you very much, Chair, as well as all the members. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Matapa. And uh, let me also take this opportunity to thank the honorable members, uh, the chairperson of uh, CIFA, chairperson of uh, CIDA, uh, CEO of CIDA, uh, CEO of CIFA uh, uh, for coming and uh, uh, making a presentation and also responded to the questions uh, from the honorable members. Uh, there was a proposal uh, uh, from honorable uh, Bridget uh, uh, that uh, perhaps we should have regular updates. Uh, this should not be the last meeting. Uh, we need uh, an update, for example, because our concern mainly as members 
uh, is the fact that uh, the the money was only uh, you only have been able to give to uh, 1.5 uh, applicants, and there are a lot of other applicants who met the requirements. Uh, but unfortunately, the the money was not there. So the CIFA uh, chairperson uh, and uh, the acting DG were talking about uh, the the new window uh, that uh, uh, might be opened. Uh, we need an update on that. That's why we, we I, I think I'm happy with the proposal of uh, uh, Honorable uh, Richard. Uh, that we need to have another meeting. Also so that we can also get an update because uh, there, there was an issue of uh, graduates that must assist uh, the spaza shops. Uh, to what extent is that process? Uh, we did not get an update really uh, to offer uh, that process. I, I think the last, in the, in the, on the 28th, there were even numbers uh, of those graduates uh, per province. Uh, how far is that process? Uh, we need an update with regard to that. There, were, there, was, there was also in that report of the 28, a list of other sectors uh, that were going to be assisted. Uh, if I remember very well, the, the, I think the automotive sector, uh, I saw something uh, with regard to that, uh, the, 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 that they are going to be assisted. Uh, but we need to quantify because we've quantified how much is going to go uh, to the relief uh, debt, uh, debt relief fund scheme, uh, uh, the, the 200 million, and then there's this one uh, that now has been uh, taken back to the to this scheme, which was uh, the this uh, growth uh, or business growth uh, facility, which was 300 million. So we need to find out on automotive uh, scheme how much is allocated uh, on bakeries. Uh, on tradesmen, uh, there were a, a long list uh, of sectors uh, that were going to be assisted on informal clothing, uh, hairdressers, uh, general hawkers, uh, professional business services, uh, small-scale manufacturers. So all those, we need an update as to how far uh, is the department and its ten in entities uh, with regard to uh, uh, assisting because in, in on the 28th you were saying that you are still uh, uh, finalizing how you're going to assist uh, uh, this particular sector. So those are, are the updates that we will be needing from time to time. Uh, we will uh, interact with the chairperson of the uh, portfolio committee and uh, the whips so that we 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 we, we decide as to when. Uh, these uh, update meetings are, are going to take place. So, we, as I was indicating, we appreciate uh, the the update, uh, but we will continue to have this kind of uh, update so that we are able to also inform uh, our constituencies uh, with regard to the developments in how uh, the department and its entities are assisting those that are affected uh, by COVID-19. But also on behalf of uh, uh, the committee, we'll continue to express our condolences to those who died uh, due to COVID-19. Uh, Honorable Jacobs has just indicated uh, uh, that uh, one of the members in, the, in his constituency uh, has uh, uh, also died uh, due to COVID-19. So we'll continue to express. Maybe in future we need to 
uh, have a silence, a, a moment of silence before we continue with the, uh, our meetings, because uh, this uh, pandemic is still going to continue until we, we find a, a vaccine. Thank you very much, uh, honorable members. As I indicated, we'll continue to have these uh, kind of meetings uh, so that we are updated on a regular basis. So even if you had follow-up questions now, uh, that we did not have the opportunity to raise them, uh, you will raise those questions uh, in the next meeting. Thank you very much, uh, meeting agent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. All the reports are each. Goodbye.